You are listening to Talking About Tracy Chapman, the Tracy Chapman Fan Podcast. I'm Stefan Evans, and today we have a special 35-year anniversary episode of the debut album. To celebrate the debut album, we've been doing a few things. We've got a really exciting partnership with Polaroid Radio coming up that I will publish more info about soon on social media, so keep an eye out for that. But today we have great insight into the creation and the recording of the debut album, Crossroads, telling stories and touring with Denny Fongheiser. So without further ado, let's get into the conversation. Hi, Denny. How are you doing? I'm good. Very good. Yeah, things are things are good. And uh, getting a bunch of projects underway. And yeah, looking forward to our talk, actually. Me too. And your career and experience with Tracy Chapman is long. It goes back many, many years. But I think since it's the 35th anniversary, let's start with the debut album, um, the self-titled Tracy Chapman. I mean, I think it's still one of the biggest selling albums globally, specifically female artists. I think it's up there in the top 10, if not top, well, top 20 potentially, but, you know, multi-platinum across the world, 20 million albums sold. There was only nine artists working on that album and you were, um, you were one of those. Um, Mm -hmm. Going back to the beginning, um, how were you approached to be a part of that? And um, how did it feel at the time? You know, what was the what was the brief to you? Uh, it's an interesting story, actually. Um, it's it's rare. It's rare for um, there to be auditions for a record. Usually musicians are hired and you go in and if it works, if it doesn't work, then you're probably not going to be there, you know, further. Uh, most of the time it works and you continue. Uh, but I had gotten a, a a phone call from David Kirschenbaum, the producer's office, and um, and I, my career was just starting as far as doing records, and I had a tour booked uh, with an artist for Europe, for a band in Europe, and I I got a call and they said we're going to send you a cassette. This was back in the '80s, so I sent a cassette. He said um, we're looking to do this record. We are going to hold some auditions because we really want to put together the right unit. For Tracy and I, I think Tracy had already started recording, and um, and and with some other with another situation, and it just wasn't feeling right. And that's when she sought out David Kirschenbaum, mm-hmm. and David said, "Well, let's put together the right band for you." And um, so they sent the cassette, and it was just Tracy playing and singing. And I love the songs. I love their voice and. I called up the, the band that the tour I was doing. And I said, I think I'm, you know, would like to back out if, if that's possible. I've got a, a great replacement. It all worked out great. And um, so I, I canceled the whole tour just to do this audition. It had no idea if it would happen or not. And um, <clears throat> so uh, we went down and we, um, we, I went down and it was different bass players and drummers going in. And I, I kind of heard through the door, some of the things that people were playing. And, and I was like, you know, in my head, it, people were playing it kind of like things were on the radio then. And they were playing it a little bit more poppy and, and um, I kind of hear her voice and she was so good and so consistent. And, and, but I, I just heard the music differently. And um, so I was like, 
you're either going to like it or not. And I, I did what I did. I'd probably did some like brushes and side stick reggae groove or something different under with her guitar. Cause I really felt her, her voice was everything and her guitar and the drums were really to, to support that and put this groove around it and not to cover it. And, um, and so uh, I did it and left and I got home and the answering machines at those days. And so it was a messaging machine and said, you know, can you come back tomorrow? <clears throat> and so I went back the next day and he said, we want you to do the record. We just haven't landed the bass player. And so we played with a bunch of people over a day or two. And, um, and I, I thought of Larry Klein and, um, you know, from the Joni Mitchells and yeah. all that. And I said, you know, what about Larry and Klein? And so David, contacted him and Larry heard the, the cassette and said this is great I'm coming down and he played and we played for about 20 minutes and it was it we started the record the next day and um and it just worked we just had to find this groove you know in those days um tracking was a little bit more um uh, it, 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 it was it was more about getting a good record take was about a feeling. It wasn't about necessarily perfection. It was about the emotional feeling of in this magical thing that you can't really pinpoint. You can't right. do every time. You can play perfect every time, but you can't have this magical thing every time. Mm -hmm. And um, so we had a really, we wanted to find something that just let her a great take was when it was a great take for her and we were there with her mm -hmm. and 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 that was really the brilliance of david you know and tracy because tracy knew that to to know to do that and uh so um the tracking was really fun it was live the three of us you know and you know there were some things overdub and, and punching it here and there but it was for the most part you know the uh guitar vocals and, and bass and drums and then um some of the vocals you know she experimented with later but the bulk of the take was was it all had to be good even if they were going to replace something that the, the magic had to be there to be able to build on it and right. i think that's really the key you know um to to that record and you know at the time it was nothing like what was being played on the radio. And at that time, it was kind of like it is a little bit today where a lot of things were machine, a lot, you know, pop records and radio was, was playing certain, certain kinds of music. Personally, I was like, oh, she's amazing. Mm. I hope people get to hear this, right? Yeah. Like, you know, and, uh, but wasn't sure. And then I was on tour Eight months later, uh, uh, a Linda Carlisle tour, the Heaven on Earth tour, and oh. uh, and and uh, I remember Donna Deloria, a background singer, came on the bus. We were in Europe, and she puts a CD on my lap. She goes, "I love this CD," and I'm, oh wow, it's out! And and uh, and she said, "Yeah, and it's really doing well." I didn't know that uh, Tracy had done the the concert in 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 London that. I think it was yeah. Mandela's um, 70th. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then at the end, at the end of the concert, was I think Stevie Wonder had issues with mm -hmm. his keyboard, and so they brought her back out, and it was that's when it was televised worldwide. 
right. and uh, to 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 take up the time while they're fixing Stevie Wonder, then people went crazy, and then the you know that's when the record really, and then all the radio stations picked it up, you know, and uh, that's you know the much the story as I know. I believed in her a lot and her songwriting and singing and and I and I also as a person we 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 became friends during that record and but I, and I was just really happy that it got to be heard not only heard it's you know turned in what it turned into you know right and uh, so it was really the cool thing about that record is and what I get chills thinking about it still <laughs> is the success of that record was was chosen by the people yeah you know it wasn't the marketing it was it really it wasn't it wasn't a amount of money pushed into it and, and a lot of things it, it was it was really the people choosing it I find that with tracy a lot of the time um when she performs anywhere whether it be the stand by me at um the letterman show um amazing and yeah then again for the election, just um, the talking about revolution, all that she needs is a platform, and then people wake up and and listen and tune into it. And I think generation after generation have found their own moment of the, you know, that Nelson Mandela moment, mm-hmm. but in a slightly sort of smaller scale, I guess. Because Stand by Me was viral on social media. She Tracy doesn't do social media, but it found its way in the modern age as well, you know, because of the quality and the simplicity of what she's offering, I think, which is just quality, honest music, really. So, yeah, it's really interesting um, that you say that. Um, what did it do for your career specifically? Was that a um, was that a stepping stone? Was that like a springboard? Or were you already sort of on that, on that path towards uh, working with people who you wanted to work with? Because, uh, you know, Belinda Carlisle's, a legend you mentioned you were um touring previously so what 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 did it do in your world when that album broke yeah well i you know i've done a few records of, uh you may know a, a band uh more it's more they're more successful in europe at the time called cock robin that was the band i was going to do the uh the tour with and we had done a uh a record i had done some things with brian setzer uh you know l- things were kind of building for me doing records and um yeah. but i uh, uh i did some red rider record tom cochran but a lot of different little you know other records but this record i have to say um uh put it on a different level from you know it it, it moved things forward the, the great thing about the record is not only for me, but I think for a lot of other artists and and musicians, is a it brought back that live playing, that live tracking, that that getting the magic in the room, acoustic instruments, which we're, we're kind of getting away from at that point in the mid '80s, and and the sounds were a little bit things track you know records were just done a little differently, and um, so it brought back that element. And I think she set the the stage for a lot of artists to follow, you know, the, a, after that. And um, yeah. and for myself, it set the stage. I was doing a lot of, I also love, I love modern music and I love programming things and I I, I love it all. And I was doing a lot of that as well, but um, at the time, but it, it really set the stage of me then doing a lot of live tracking 
and acoustic playing and, and percussion too, because I played percussion on the record. And, and uh, I may not have been doing as much percussion before that, uh, some, and, uh, but it kind of propelled that. So yeah, it made, it, it, made a, it made a difference, definitely. And then I started working with David um, Kirschenbaum. Yep. Like right at, like at that, from that moment on, he was doing a lot of records and a lot of film things. And so I was, oh, I think I did like 30 different records and projects with him in the last next couple of years, you know, I mean, a, a lot of stuff was, was coming. In fact, we still work together. We worked together last week. Okay. And uh, yeah, so that's it, that that's been a very long, nice long relationship. And uh and I still work with Larry sometimes too, Larry Klein. We we uh we do some things together and and uh yeah but uh yeah and um yeah that record did a lot for I think for a lot of us uh musicians and and um and for a lot of artists to to have a, a platform. You yeah, know, I think she really set the stage for that. And I just got to give her kudos because um, for that, because she she knew what she wanted to do and she she knew enough to, to stand for that and to 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 not really dive into the record until it felt right for her. And uh, and she was correct in doing that. I think that that stands um, as a, you know, a steadfast um belief of of hers throughout every decision she makes in her career it's always on her own terms yeah. <laughs> which is yeah. which is really respectable it's interesting you mentioned larry klein he kind of went on to to produce the arbright future um record which was the last right. the last that she um, tracy's ever produced you were also involved in crossroads the follow-up yeah um, how would the brief changed i guess it was probably about a year between the releases, but potentially a slightly bigger gap between recordings. Um, so how much things changed? It was, um, yeah, it was very quick. For Tracy, you know, and, and for her, her record, you know, had success and she was playing and touring crazy. And then we were going in to do this record. And um, we, uh, we went into Power Trap, the same studio. We did it, and we did it the same people, um, pretty much. And uh, some of the songs I think were had already been written, and then she had some new ones. That was that was that was a great that was a, a great experience as well. Dynamically, it was a little different with Tracy's music. Important thing was the dynamics to be very apparent. You know, when it gets big, it's big. When it gets small, it's extra small. And um, and that to me also leaves room for for her and, and her voice to come through, and um, and her songs really warrant that. Um, some of them are, are can be a little bit more linear too. Um, and Crossroads was maybe was maybe a little bit more linear than 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 the first record. Uh, great songs, uh, you know, I, there's some really great songs in Crossroads, and I, I really enjoyed it a lot. Um, uh, and Larry was doing that as well. It was it was it was pretty quick, and uh, uh, you know, as far as between the, the two records, so there's similarities there, definitely. And maybe continuing, but but a little different. Tracy had had gone through a lot of life change. We probably all did in those last nine months, you know. So a lot of that is brought in uh, to the record. Um, 
Yeah, it was a great, great experience. Great experience. And and I, I really like, you know, Tracy. In the first record, we kind of hung out and talked a lot. And so we had a nice connection. So going in to do the record, we all kind of knew each other. And, and that, was, that was nice, too, you know. A bit more of a, an ease going into it, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just briefly um, stepping back into the debut, because you mentioned there a lot of them had been written, and I think that is that's that's very true. I think a lot of them date back to her college days and the busking days, and that demos exist, bootlegs exist from way back when, you know, almost like mm. 82. So did any song develop significantly um, from, I guess, beginning to end of the sessions? Tracy's songs were, there were no real built demos. It was really just guitar and voice. And so it was, it was an open palette. Um, Her guitar, on that first record, her, her part stayed pretty similar. That was the song. That was the the basis of it. Um, What we had to develop was, was the feel around that. And, and kind of, I ended up kind of, being way on the backside of the B kind of, and just kind of creating this wider groove. And, and, and Larry was kind of a little, a little on top of that. And and Tracy was in there. So we just kind of created this wide groove. We, um, we tried to, we, we didn't, we didn't cut any of it with a click with a click track. Um, it, uh, because it just, her music needed to breathe. And it just didn't feel right when we tried that, and so everything was was very uh, was was free tempo wise, and so there's things that move and, and you know that speed up or slow down, and it's some of it is 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 just emotional and accidental, some of it's on purpose. As far as uh, things evolving a lot, um, I kind of remember we tried to approach Ixon a little differently. Again, it would go off of her. And we may change the drums down a little bit. Later on the Telling Stories record, we did a lot more experimentation that way. But on this one, we, uh, it, we, we experimented, but it was more about feel, you know? A lot of it, some of it, I, we started the track with just Shaker, uh, you know, and to play with her, and then I'd overdub some things mm-hmm. uh, too. But most of it was done live. If not now, Baby Can I Hold You? Mm-hmm. Why? Uh, I just thought they were brilliant songs, great songs. And Fast Car, you know, had hit its own thing with, you know, basically the chorus got really big and, and the verses were very in, in, intimate. And that, and that record, a lot of those songs, her arrangements are very interesting. You know, they're not block, verse, intro, chorus, this, you know, verse and eight bar and four bar phrases. There's a lot of, they're, deceivingly simple you know they they feel simple but they're not and they're just well crafted Mm. so you don't notice these things and but they work with their lyrics and so uh we didn't really talk about things that be in verse and chorus as much as we went by the lyrics i remember talking about a revolution doing that and it was an intense track that we did i don't i think we only did it a couple times and uh that's one it does speed up if you like go back to it you know, you can tell it picks up, but I had to because the energy of that song yeah. and the intent of that song. And and if we, I remember we tried to just keep it locked in in that tempo, and it didn't feel the same. So we just we just let it go. And um, 
again, it was really getting that when, when Tracy's felt right, you knew we had something, you know, and, and that's the core. And you want that too, when you're tracking, because if, if the artist is going to go back and redo anything, redo their vocal or their guitar or whatever they're doing, if it's, if it's done, if it's done to their kind of magic to begin with, then it's easy for them to do that. They're not fighting it, you know. Um, I've said that to other artists before, where um, there's some really great singers who, who weren't even going to sing on the basic track. And I always, I the one thing I won't kind of do is play a track without the artist, at least being on it or doing it with me somehow, because. My my thing is, you know, if I do it myself and they add themselves, they're playing to me, to my feel, what I what I think it should be. But if I if I track it with them, mm. and it's a, a song or a feel can at one tempo can feel a million different ways, depending how you phrase it. And I react to the singer and, and to the artist. I go with their phrasing. That's that's the loudest thing in my headphones. And, and, um, so, and, and for Tracy, her, her guitar as well. So if I'm, I'm, I'm playing to her, so she goes to, to redo something, it's going to be easy for her and it's going to feel good for her because it's played to her, yeah. you know, rather than if I just played it myself, it would be a certain feel and maybe right, not right or wrong, but it's just not going to be maybe the feel that she would have played. So I think that's that's really important. Well, one track I really loved on there um, that was uh, uh, really fun to play is "She's Got Her Ticket," mm. and uh, I, I remember that I remember tracking that, and I think that might have been got the biggest dyna dynamic change, maybe from like when we first started to where we tracked it. You know, because uh, it was a pretty dynamic song with the fills and in the and the groove and stuff, and. Um, I remember I remember really liking that. I think testament to your craftsmanship, um, I see online all the time in comments the fact that the whole album for an 80s album has dated really well, like it's aged really well, I should say, not dated. Mm -hmm. um, and it still, still sounds really fresh. So I think that may have been the the unique approach that you 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 took towards it. You did mention Tracy Chapman's telling stories um, earlier and that is something I really did want to to dive into a little because obviously by this time, New Beginning had come out in 1995, which had a very sort of earthly, very even more acoustic for Tracy than than anything else, mm -hmm. um, really with like you know the percussion and um, uh, mm -hmm. the songs were getting really long and the songs are getting very like poetic and it was it felt like she was kind of finding a certain self-expression which um maybe was outside of the realms of the pop world even more so and then it became this second monster hit you know in in, a, in america mm -hmm. not, not so much in the uk so then there was a four-year gap i believe between to, um, new beginning and telling stories and how did it feel going in to telling stories what was the what was the feeling new beginning i remember i was in japan and um working with the band over there and touring and and um i come home and and don gaiman who produced that record called me up and i 
Don hired me for the Brian Setzer stuff. He gave me kind of my first, very first big sessions and um, in the early 80s. And um, he said, hey, I, you know, I didn't know the record was out and I was in Japan and he had done it. And he said, yeah, I did this record. He goes, I want to go see her at the Greek. Why don't you come on out? And so we went and saw her and it was great. And then they were kind of finishing that big tour. And then about a year later, I think I got back from Japan again and I got a phone call about playing with Tracy live. And I never played live with her. I wasn't touring at the time before when she, you know, I stopped touring because I really just wanted to do records and I was starting to tour again. And um, so uh, I just come home and I was like, okay, I'm not going to be touring for a while. Then I got a phone call. So Tracy wants to know if you want to join her for like 12 shows. There's this new tour starting called Lilith there. And, um, and, uh, and I was like, wow, you know, um, I'd never played those songs other than when we trapped them, you know, it's like, that would be really fun to, to, to do. And I love Tracy and, uh, and it was only gonna be 12 shows and two. So like over summer. And so, um, I said, yeah, great. And so we went and, and, and did that. And, uh, and then it continued and things, she kind of got sparked and we kept touring and doing different different things. We did Amnesty and uh, 20th anniversary. We can see you in the footage, I believe. Oh yeah, yeah, that was a really, that was a, an incredible experience. It, uh, that was really ama amazing experience with all those all those artists and and, uh, and it, it was great. And Tracy was great. I can tell you while we were doing our set, we first came out and did a, a, a set with them um, Peter Gabriel, who was Sue Endure, and, and Bruce Springsteen joined us to get up stand-up, open the yeah. show. Then we came back later to do our our set. And something happened with, you know, there's so many bands and switching going on. Something happened on, with the sound, and our monitors, there was like a hum through the whole thing. I had no headphones on, and we all just heard this hum. And, and, and so we couldn't hear each other that well. And uh, so I was really surprised that it turned out well, but we we, uh, we just had to concentrate. In fact, you can just kind of see Tracy kind of smiles. It's like, okay, here we are, we got to do this. And and uh, it got better as but as the set went on, but that first, I remember the first song, we couldn't hear each other. And, uh, um, and that was fun too, because we did an interesting version of, um, Oh, uh, New Beginning, actually, uh, opened up with the, uh, the kind of more kind of funk, kind of rolling groove and, 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 uh, and Tracy. And, and it was that was really, really fun. That song we used to do differently a lot, complete new versions of it. And that was, I think, the first time we did that that version. But it was a really that was a really good band. And that, that was that was, that was a really enjoyable time. But anyway, we did those kinds of things. And then she was going to do, uh, go in and do a record. And um, so that was like from 97, 98, 99. And then we did the record and I guess in 99 and, um, and she was going to do it with, with David again, David Kirshenbaum going back with him yeah. for the first time since Crossroads and, uh, and wanted, uh, so it was going to be uh, Larry Klein and I and kind of going back to the first record. And and uh, she did the, her demos were by this time were more demos. She had more you know more ideas down on it, 
Uh, but we, you know, and that's that would be our starting point, and then we go from there. That those songs transformed a lot because telling stories. I think was the first song we cut, and we cut it like we did the first record mm. live with three of us, and um, and uh, and then to the other songs. A lot of those were done with just Tracy and I, and um, we experimented a lot with drum sounds. I actually went out of the big room and went into a little booth. We muted the drums. We did. We went for a different sound, and some things have multiple drum kits on them. You know, we did. We just approached it a little differently. Um, we experimented more with that, and uh, and that that was a really fun record. And then right at the end of the record, you know, we we did a. You know, it was in two thousand. We toured most of two thousand. We did a tour with Sting. We did she did regular just Tracy's tour. Um, and at that point, I was a band leader, and and so we um, in that year, I think we had three different configurations of bands, and it kept it really all great musicians and different instrumentations, and so it just kept everything ex growing and changing. And we did a lot of experimenting live uh, on that. It was it was it was a lot of fun. Um, one of the best times I've ever had touring actually was those few years because um, because of that experimentation that we did. And I mean, there were times where we'd be on stage and I was supposed to start a song and I'd say no, and she'd think, and then she'd start it and we'd come up with a whole new arrangement on stage oh, wow. or she'd do the same thing, look and point at me. And, you know, we'd, we'd do stuff like that. And uh, it was, it was great. It was great for the audience because they, you know, they have a lot of repeat people, you know, come to a lot of shows. And so they got to see things differently. And it's a testament to Tracy and her songs, though. Her songs are so well crafted mm. and that you can do them. And I always say this, you know, a good song could be done a million different ways, yeah. you know, and you really can, can do that. And, um, and her ability and her, her, her the connection she has with her songs, she can deliver them in so many, in, in, you know, with a different phrasing and different, you know, different inflections and uh, different feels and tempos. And so it, it was fun. I really hear that. And I think that's one of the things that cemented my appreciation. Um, the first gig I ever went to was um, 2005. I know this is really late in the timeline here, but it was um, the Where You Live tour in um, Manchester. And um, it, they opened with Why um, from the debut album, but it was mm -hmm. um, so almost like atmospheric and almost like theatrical in the way they um, added this sort of mood to the opening and they drew, drew it out for... Um, for a long time before coming into it, you didn't even know what the song was going to be, really. Um, but just that teasing of it and you know drawing out really um, sort of stuck with me as a, uh, I guess, a teenager. So um, yeah, I, I completely understand yeah. and, and appreciate all of all of that artistry. I asked this of Butch um, Norton, um, and I, who I spoke to last. Do you think there will be more music released in in the future from Tracy? That's up to Tracy. I, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I would imagine. I mean, I, I think if Tracy feels she has something to say and she has, uh, you know, she has the songs, you know, that, that, that she feels really good about, 
um, that, that, that she will. You know, I, Tracy, I don't see Tracy doing it um, for any other reason other than it feels right. Yeah. You know, just like she did the stand by me. She does, you know, these things that feel right to her. Um, you know, she's, as you, you mentioned earlier, she's always um, kind of stuck, stuck to that for herself, you know, just like she did on that first record, you know. And um, I really admire her for that. And uh, I hope she does. Um, I'd love to hear it, you know, and maybe, maybe even work together again at some point. But um, we're hopeful. Uh, but yeah, thanks for taking us through the the history. There's so many insightful bits and pieces there. I really appreciate it. What are you working on at the moment? What what are you um what are you up to? Right now, I'm uh, I'm playing on a lot of records. Uh, this last year, last two years actually, I've been I just recording started up again. A lot of people just really started started working and writing and you know, I think that 2020 got a lot of people writing so 2021 and 2022 has been really busy kind of like it was maybe 10 15 years ago you know as far as amount of records being done um so I've been doing a lot of that I also I I'm I produce so I've, I've been producing projects and I produced a uh a, a record it was kind of a a concept record for this band and uh it turned into it's called staring into nothing we, we ended up doing a asked me to produce a a rock opera with it so we did that we did that last year and we just uh debuted in october for a few shows and that went really well yeah that might do some more things um you know just keep growing keep learning yeah you know? so Absolutely. and you know so uh and this year i'm you know right now i'm playing a few different records but i'm um you know, I don't know what'll happen later. I don't know if we'll tour again this year at some point. Um, there are a couple things that, that might might come up, but uh, I'm not sure. I'm just really enjoying all the, the studio stuff right now and creating with, you know, a lot of different new artists. Yeah, now we can again. Well, um, thank you so much for your time again. Mm -hmm. uh, it's been a pleasure to, to chat to you and get your insight. Uh, you too. Perfect. Well, enjoy the rest of your day, and um, yeah, it was it was a pleasure. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you very much. All right. Have a great day. Oh.